Hey, friends, I want to talk about the right networks is for forward-thinking CPA firms. That's right, accounting professionals and small, medium businesses who want to move ahead to the cloud, look at Right Networks. It's the only partner that can help you transform your business by getting your current accounting-based desktops, on-premises, and SaaS applications into the cloud because of their proven exceptional support, technology, and commitment to helping their customers access growth opportunities. So if you want to know more about Right Networks, give them a call at 888-417-4448 and don't forget extension one. And that leads us to some unbelievable things about doing things right. And that's intimacy, emotion. Here we're going from CPA firms and on-cloud services to talk about Emblem's Brand Intimacy 2017 report. They look at the largest study of brands based on emotions, and they found the most intimate companies. I've asked Mario Naturelli to come on, talk to us, tell me which brands are emotional, which ones are unfeeling, uncaring, and he's here to talk with us right here in All Business. Welcome, Mario. Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Okay, first question. Tell me about the report. Why is this such a big thing and, and why did you do it? Well, it starts with a desire to really find a new solution for marketing. And why do we think we need one? Well, we think the world's changed. We think the way people buy, use, consume products has changed. And there aren't a lot of new methods and models in marketing that address those changes. And we're talking about the fact that technology has transformed the way we uh, interface with brands. We're talking about the fact that the ownership of brands is really now in the hands of the consumer. And, and brands are proliferating at incredible um volumes today. So rising above that clutter is also very different than it's ever been. And lastly, and the most important reason why we thought this was important to try to find a new solution or um, answer for is that what we know about the brain today is, is um, much more advanced than what we've understood in the past. We are essentially emotional creatures. We make decisions based on emotion. And so we wanted to make sure that whatever we were coming up with factored all of that in. So that was the impetus for the start of exploring this new idea, this new paradigm that we call brand intimacy. And what it ultimately is, is exploring the bonds that we form with brands. Think of a brand like another person. And many of us have favorite ones and ones that we can't live without. And how does that happen? How, does, how do those bonds form? Who does it well? How do we measure them? And then what can we apply as lessons to people that are trying to do this for themselves? So let's go back to a couple of things that you said, because some things I, I totally agree with the other ones. I'll go, eh, I'm not sure if I'm buying it yet. And, he, and, here's, and here's why. You know, um, you talk about the fact that there are more brands than ever before. I, I would say there's not more brands than ever before. And the reason why is a brand is nothing but a, a promise delivered. It's a company name. It's, a, it's an entity that we deal with or have some identification with. But when we ultimately say, I'd say a brand is... A brand is a, is a promise delivered by someone, something, some entity. So, but I don't think we have more brands than ever before because I think we got, you know, we, we, we got companies that come in, we got companies that go out. So it's kind of like the same, right? No, I don't think so. I think for a couple of reasons and like think back in terms of mid-century to today when we lived in far simpler times, there was a 
relatively finite, stable brands that we depended on, whether they were brands related to the foods we ate, the cars we drove, the clothes we wore. And with globalization and with technology, um, we are now seeing brands that proliferate more categories, more industries, B2B brands, B2C brands, brands that are coming from different parts of the world. And I think that's also sort of in parallel with the advancements of, you know, industrialization and, and computerization and how companies are, or countries, I should say, are moving from, uh, you know, third world to first world status. And with that comes more brands. Yeah, I, well, I, I would agree that there. I the, my 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 belief is they've still been out there. We're just finally we learn more about them, or we find them. Maybe that may so, be true. That's okay. probably so true. That's, They're certainly uh, louder, maybe than they've ever been. <laughs> well, you know, that's the other piece of it is, uh, you know, you make the comment. I do believe that you know, former chief marketing officer of a Fortune one hundred company. I, you know, we used to always believe that we were in control of the brand, and, and my belief is we were never in control. The people were always in control, and you make that case. With this study, you make the case that the the customer owns the brand. I I don't know if it's different. I think we finally just I think people were finally just able to grab hold of it. Don't you? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, a savvy marketer, whenever they were doing effective marketing, always thought about the customer first or were customer centric. Um, they wouldn't be effective if they weren't, right? Right. I just don't think a lot of marketing models had factored that in. I don't yeah. think a lot of the ways we measured effectiveness in marketing took that into account. And the other thing about brands today is that they're reciprocal, I believe. Um, so it's not just one way anymore. It's a two-way thing. Yeah, I, without question. I, it used to be we could talk to them only one way. We didn't have the mechanisms. Oh, we had some. I mean, we had uh, research groups and uh, study groups and feedback and reply cards and you know crap like that. But now we've got, we've got social where people can actually, they have a voice. And I think we've, they finally have found the voice. I think the voice has always been there, but it was never amplified as, they, as it is today. Yeah, and those cycles are shorter now. Yeah, ever. big time. <laughs> yeah. You, can have a, you can have a crisis on your hand in seconds but right. with the wrong tweet, the wrong thing, or, or jerking somebody off a plane. So the, um, well, I, I just think it's interesting. Why, why you? Why, why did you guys choose to do this? Yeah, why us? Well, so... We used to do a lot of brand building for Fortune 100 companies, Fortune 500 companies around the world. And so we did that for two decades and we worked with large publicly owned marketing organizations that had scale. And it became a bit of a sausage factory, to be honest. We, what we were seeing was, you know, effective solutions that weren't going far enough, far enough for today's brands and challenges, right? So we started a new business and in starting a new business, we thought, well, what, what would be the right way to build a brand for tomorrow? Factoring in all the things we've talked about, emotion, the idea that the consumer's in control more and more, the idea that uh, you need to differentiate and distinguish yourself in more effective ways, technology has to factor in. And so that, that was um, largely what drove us. Now, why us? You know, I think we're a special blend of partners and professionals that mix strategy design and digital sensibilities and this just sort of seemed like the right new paradigm for us to pursue so i am a believer i drink the kool-aid that brand intimacy is the thing because i think it's the engagement it's my connection it's the the touch the feel my emotional status and i i believe that we've had that for a long time um i just think it's much more intense so you said people change um 
And, and I would agree that they've changed in the way that they consider products to buy. Some, so, but some is the same and some is different. So how are you saying they're changing? Well, let me play this on you, Jeffrey. What are the three or four brands you can't live without? Uh, oh, man. Uh, probably John Deere Kubota. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking back home now, right? Okay. Uh, what would be the other brand? Lucchese's. Lucchese boots. I love Lucchese's. I'm probably going to be partial to my Tommy Johns these days, all right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> for so I've, I've become intimate with Tommy John, but because they, you know, they, they, they we're talking about men's underwear for those who are listening. So those are some right off the bat. <laughs> well, that's uh, a pretty unique set. So about, I, I'll give you I one. I congratulate one. you on that. Hey, how about a good fitting scotch? There we go. Good nice. Fitting scotch. Okay. So we're, well, we're we're got a place. couple of those for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, you take John Deere. That's a great brand. I mean, let's yeah. use that one for an example, right? Yeah. So there, there's a brand that you have affinity for, probably a couple of reasons and and this sort of gets into the model of brand intimacy but one is probably nostalgia you have a long connection with that brand the other is values that brand does a great job of demonstrating its promise and living by it and its values and i think they they probably align a lot to yours yeah without question yeah so how have we changed i think you know, that's, those are universal things that I think have been true forever. I think what's changed today is the way you find out, interact, consume, learn about those brands has largely changed. That's for sure. Right. Um, your, your sort of tolerance for missteps with brands, your ability to, um, sort of feedback on what works and what doesn't for brands has largely changed. Um, I think also the degree to which we can influence each other. You and I can talk about a brand and I can influence what you decide to do is a new phenomenon. Um, you think it's new? Don't, compounded don't, by social media, I should say. Yeah, okay. I would think it's been increased. Compound. Yeah, I don't know that it's... I mean, if you and I are friends or you're somebody I respect, I would. I, your opinion would make a difference to yeah. me, right? Listen, and I don't mind the fact that this isn't new. You know, that's what's new in the paradigm is that the world has changed. That's undeniably in my mind yep. that marketing has to move. Maybe this is not a new idea and this has always been around and I'm perfectly good with that. We just maybe have a way of measuring it in a new formula for it. Well, I think the, well, I tell you what, let me take a break. I'm going to come back because I, I do want to get into this because I do think some things have changed. And I don't think other things have. I think they're at the core of who we are because we're, we're human beings. But I think yeah. the way in which we consume, get the information and the way in which we certainly make decisions has changed and is changing and it's faster and faster and faster so speaking of fast okay um i'll tell you what you're going to need is a lot of energy you're going to need a lot of caffeine and so hey let's think about your next dream job the best big job you want did you know that dunkin donuts actually employs coffee tasting experts man i got to get this job that Mm -hmm. or i need to go to work at glenfiddich and get one of those scotch tasting ones that's that's the other one maybe i can i can combine the coffee with the scotch that would be pretty. Anyway, uh, I'm probably going to get paid for this one. But anyway, on average, these guys, these coffee tasters taste up to 200 co- cups of coffee a day. <laughs> Holy crap. Man, sign me up. Uh, you know, with jobs like this, and, and you, they make sure that these guys get the best of the best, that you're getting best of the best. It's no wonder that America runs on Dunkin'. And so does all business, which Jeffrey has it right here on C-Suite Radio. Hey, are you, uh, are you, Mario, are you a coffee drinker? I am. Yeah, well, how do you like your coffee? Often. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. I like it in all flavors and sizes. How's that? I do too. I like everything. Uh, I, I don't like, discriminate. I like the. I'm more of a, a hardcore, keep it straight kind of guy, though. Uh, that double espresso does me fine. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, 
I, I, I got to get it go. I want to cut down to a double. I usually get a quad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Exactly, exactly. So, I, you know, I do believe, getting back to consideration, I think that we, the way we consider products has changed. Did you find that in your brand intimacy study? Well, we were looking at the other end of that spectrum more. Okay. And here's why. You know, we think the bar of excellence wasn't high enough. So if you think about in in prior generations, if you reach loyalty, you, you had achieved something with a brand, right? Mm-hmm. What we're finding today is you can be a trap loyalist. I can use my cell phone provider and use it regularly, but I don't really like them or my TV cable operator. Or an airline. Or an airline, right. And you may be out of choices or you may be what we call a trap loyalist. So we look at this less from the beginning of the funnel and more towards the end. We see intimacy as it's a generally rare thing. It's only a third or a little higher than a third of consumers that are truly intimate with brands. So what we're sort of saying is, hey, let's, this isn't going to be for everybody all the time, but if you're going to if you're going to define a compass for what you want to aim towards as a sort of higher level of marketing excellence, we think intimate bonds is what you should be aiming for. Not loyalty, not even advocacy, but intimacy. Is, so, that, is that the nirvana? I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're truly fused with a brand, like you might be with John Deere, for example, you're its biggest advocate, probably more so than its employees. Mm-hmm. And so... We think that's the nirvana for sure, yeah. And what we've been able to demonstrate is that when you get there, you're going to outperform financially, as a brand, I mean. You're going to generate more revenue, more profit, and you're going to last longer. It, it, it's interesting because I had a conversation with somebody about toilet paper, of all things, the other day. And I'm going like, just order the toilet paper. And they go, no, 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 we have to have a certain kind. I said, no, we don't. Just order the damn toilet paper. <laughs> toilet paper. No, 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 no. And then, and then I found out the one they want, which was Charmin is like 30% more expensive than the next leading brand. And I'm going like, well, what are you talking about? But they were so adamant that they would walk out if they didn't get that. So that's what we had to get. That's a fused but, customer right there. there. There you go. That's that's yeah. the intimacy that you're talking about. That's what about. we want. We want yeah. that. So, I mean, that's somebody that's saying, I'll take it over something else. I, I'm, the, I'm that way about Lucchese. I'm that way about Glenfiddich. You know, I will have other scotches from other regions and so forth, but I really like this brand and I – then I like these years. I like these types, and so forth, and so on. So that's that intimate, and I get what you mean by the intimacy. I can, I, I really understand that. What, what was the most surprising thing you found in the study? Well, we do this every year, so and it's taken us, you know, over six years of building this thing. We've learned some very profound things from initially that intimacy with brands is very similar to human intimacy. You grow them in stages; it grows in stages. Uh, but what's interesting about this year's study, for example, are things like we noticed media brands and uh, brands like Netflix and Disney did extremely well. And we were wondering if that had to do with the kind of general mood of Americans, you know, post-election, this very divisive sort of polarized election mood where people were, you know, turning to places like Disney and Netflix to sort of decompress Um so that's one interesting thing. We keep adding brands to the study every year, and we added the whole luxury category, and they did extremely poorly, which was very surprising to us. So brands like Gucci and Prada and Louis Vuitton do not do well. Why? Is that because it's more of like a fad and it's fleeting? Yeah, that also might be related to the mood of the general population, that you know these are luxury items. I don't know. You know, To be honest with you, we don't exactly know that finding and why that is. Um, 
Other surprising things, maybe less surprising, is the fact that Apple does extremely well and continues to do extremely well. Small brands that uh, were surprising to us that did well are brands like Whole Foods, which recently got acquired by Amazon, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so every year there's a, a bunch of things that come out. Millennials, um, Disney ranked top with Millennials. So what do you think, is, by the way, speaking of Amazon and Whole Foods, yeah. what do you think the intimacy is going to do? How, how was Amazon rated for intimacy compared to Whole Foods? And yeah, great what question. Do think, what do you yeah. think is going to be the result of that? So so let's talk about them each separately first. Amazon ranked third. Uh, Whole, Food, Whole Foods ranked eighth. Amazon mm-hmm. has been fasterizing uh, over the years. It's been a rocket through our study, and I think it'll likely be number one or very close to it. Uh, with Apple very soon. Amazon is the ultimate fulfillment brand. This is a brand that people can't live without because they love their prime. They love the, the, the ability to kind of the flexibility of that sort of shopping experience on their terms. Um, and also Amazon is now proliferating in content and, and uh, more B2B services and cloud services. So it's sort of increasing its tentacles. So it's an incredible fulfillment oriented brand. Whole Foods on the other side is is a great purpose-driven brand that does very well in the identity archetype. This is a brand that stands for values that people care about um, around, um, you know, a strong supply chain, you know, whole, wholesome, organic, healthy food and treating its employees extremely well. So very, very different brands that have come together, both extremely strong, very powerful in their own way, yet almost opposite in many ways yeah, it's yeah. it's interesting because i'm sitting here writing notes like crazy i got so many things i want to ask you because i just think it's interesting because on the one hand you have this amazon which is massive in scale yet has the intimacy right which which to me would right. say you got to be freaking nuts how can you have that right and this is a brand that didn't really advertise if you think about it how much advertising has amazon done prior to echo no, they, what they do is they're doing they're doing it by delivering it on the experience, right? Exactly right. So, which gets back to gets back to this experience. whole. Point. I love that frictionless experience. It gets back to this whole thing. You, it, intimacy typically takes time, like human relationships, right? That's right. Yeah. So it's almost like, can you have an intimate relationship fast? But then, if you do, do you feel guilty about it in the morning? Right? <laughs> you know, I mean, there's some extent of that. Sure. But, yeah, it's kind of discussion. Hey, let me take a break and talk, talk. Speaking about intimate, I want to get in a minute with one of my sponsors because they're really good and I like them. And I'm talking about taxes and I'm asking everybody, did you file for extension this tax season? If so, pay attention because Liberty Tax isn't just a seasonal business. They offer tax prep and other services year round. You know, I love these folks. So if you're still working on last year's taxes, which if you are, you better get some help. You better visit Liberty Tax for professionals to ensure you to get the most accurate return guaranteed for the nearest office near you. All you got to do is look outside. They got these waivers standing outside in the street, but you can go to libertytax.com and you'll figure it out. So can you have scale and intimacy? I mean, Amazon shows us that. Yeah. What we love about this study, when you look at other rankings, right, like value, value value of brands or brands that have best reputation, generally the bigger companies succeed in those things. Um, If you look at the top most uh, valuable brands, they're all generally the top businesses in the world. What we love about this is that you, in our study, in our rankings, small brands can actually still perform well. Harvey-Davidson is in the top 10. And Whole Foods is in the top 10. Nintendo is number six. So scale of size of business does not guarantee intimacy. Um, what's also interesting about the Amazon 
uh, Whole Foods marriage is you have a brand that is very tactile and local in a way in its sensibilities, right? With Whole Foods and its retail offering. And then you have that massive logistic giant in Amazon. And if the brand stays separate, I think this is going to be a very synergistic kind of partnership. If, if they don't, you know, kind of corrode each other's cultures, this could be really a marriage, uh, you know, a sort of a synergy of one plus one equals three. Yeah, because you get get the best of both. You're going to yeah, get the intimacy of each brand, plus you get the scale, plus you get the separateness of it, which I think is pretty important. Right. And if you think about home food delivery and yeah. other things like that, that Amazon could bring to Whole Foods versus, you know, uh, you know, you could see a lot of ways that Amazon could make Whole Foods more enabled, so to speak. So I think this is such a brilliant move. And for what they paid, um, the amount of money that I saw that was quoted there, I, did, I thought that was really great, very shrewd, very smart. I still love the meme that I saw that said Jeff Bezos says, hey, order order uh, Whole Foods. And then the next thing it said Echo or Amazon or Alexa said, I bought Whole Foods. <laughs> that was pretty funny. funny meme. So, hey, hey, Google bought Nest for $3.6 billion. Yeah. Amazon bought Whole Foods for thirteen billion. Now you tell me, what, which one would you rather have there? Well, but you think about think about way back. I mean, uh, what's you know, you've got companies like uh, Fresh Direct here in New York. You've got uh, what was it, Webvan years right. ago, right? And others that invested a lot, a lot, a lot into this yeah. space, and then overnight, Amazon's going to change it, and it's going to be interesting. Skin. Can you get, does intimacy relate to stickiness? You know, we talked about as a chief marketing officer, you just always talk about the stickiness of the brand. Is intimacy one-on-one um, -on -one with stickiness? We, we measure frequency. We do look at frequency. So how often do you buy? And then we look at, you know, are you willing to pay more? And we look at things like that promoter score related to intimacy. Mm -hmm. Stickiness per se, I don't think so, but I think, Maybe what I would argue is if you mean engagement or, um, you know, closeness, yes. Right? I mean, stick well, less likely to go away. Yeah. I mean, less likely to go away. Less likely to be consider somebody else. I'm going to have you. If I if I had you for a long time, I took care of you for a long time, yeah. I'm going to keep you yes, for a long I time. Yes, I think it would be parallel. What was interesting for us is what's the opposite of intimacy? And what we've learned is it's indifference. So when you, you can gain or lose intimacy with every transaction or interface that the brand has and you know airlines are a great example of brands that have thousands and thousands of transactions or touch points a day that uh, are either building or losing building or, or diluting their intimacy but what we learned is that when you when you go too far and you really blow it and you become indifferent to a brand that you can't salvage yeah so the intimacy lets me screw up I think every brand lets you screw up. Yeah, of course, yeah. to some degree, like in, like a relationship to mm -hmm. some extent. I mean, yeah. You can't cross certain boundaries, but yeah, you know, we uh, we've been asked a lot about this uh, United situation with the dragging of the passenger, and and when we as marketers all saw that, we were all cringing, like, oh my lord, how are they going to recover from this? And then, of course, the PR part of it was botched. You know, yep, it's terrible. But a month later, their stock price is up. Yep. Shareholders don't care. Yep. It's almost like it didn't happen. Well, it, and I, you know, I predicted, and I know another very heavy, heavy fire of United as well, and we're both advocates of, uh, we're intimate with that brand. We like that brand. I will speak for that. Uh, they've been a good friend of mine for a long time, and I think all the industry has had, all, the, all brands have problems, 
and especially in that particular um, marketplace they uh, or industry, they've got everybody's got their fair share. It was interesting. You saw that the auto industry outperformed or performed the very best, I thought, versus the travel industry, which was the worst. Right. Yeah. Why, is is why that? Is that? Yeah, why is that? To me, I, I've got my own opinions about it, but I'd love to hear what you what the study said or what you took away. Automotive consistently has been the top-ranking industry. We believe it's for a couple of reasons. I don't think there is another purchase that you make from a brand perspective that's more important than your car. You know, you may spend more on a... Really? I would say your phone. Yeah, but a car costs more. Yeah, that part, that part's true, but I but I believe the phone is taken over the most personal relationship there is. Well, I agree with that completely. Okay. From an intimacy perspective, your device is on you or in you, like your watch. In, or in you. Well, yeah. I don't even want to go there, but there well, we go. Well, you know. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. You know, implants and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say about the automotive side of it, though, is here's a purchase that means a lot to you, but also is a reflection of your values, your image. Yeah. So people put a lot of energy into that and they use that product often. So it's sort of one that has got high frequency, huge importance in terms of values, um, a big financial investment, a uh, big projection of who you are, what you are, where you are, your status, etc. So we think for all those reasons, it ranks highest on the airline side or airlines and um, travel and travel. I think everyone understands that this is. A challenging space, right? These, uh, you know, everyone is very critical of the flying experience. It's become highly commoditized. Hotels are not doing very much better, frankly, in terms of that commoditization forces that are going on. So we've been dehumanized in that process of flying more and more. And um, I, I think the rankings reflect that. Um, are some airlines doing better? Absolutely. Are there improvements coming? Sure. Uh, but they got a long way to go. Yeah, but at the same time, I think um, we've done something really bad in the travel and air industry. And here's one. I think the conditions of satisfaction are too high, which means in travel, our our belief or uh, what we think is going to be the experience is always uh, a lot higher than what it really is. And so I don't think anybody can ever meet that. It's That's rare. That, you know what I mean? It's rare that you can have the kind of vacation that you would want the way you want it because sure. you, when you're traveling with family, it's a pain in the rear end. There's all kinds of stuff <laughs> also, going on. There's you a know? lot of things the airlines don't control, security it's, lines. And yeah, airport. weather, the whole bit. You know, And then, by the way, on the airlines, I think it's also a sense of entitlement. I have never seen a more sense of entitlement as I do today about, do you know who I am? Do you know I'm a frequent flyer? That is so fascinating. I just came back from a trip in London, and I saw that, and I thought the same thing. I'm like, yeah. what is – people have such short fuses now. It's incredible. I got to tell you, Mario, I just one side note. you If you remember back when their Korean Airlines crashed on at San Francisco, and there was actually people who were killed. They evacuated the plane, and the, and the fire truck ran over them. And if you remember, they crashed at the end of the runway, shut the runway down. I'm in – LaGuardia trying to fly to San Francisco and people are screaming at them. You must get me. You must get me a flight to San Francisco. Dude, they just <laughs> had a plane crash. You know, <laughs> someone died. Quit being an asshole. You know, it's just it's amazing. The entitlement that, that goes with that. But that's a side note. What are there? Are there brands that are just doing a terrible job at intimacy? There, I'm, certainly there is. But who did you name any? I didn't see that. Did well, you, you got to go to the bottom of the list to see who was doing weakest. Uh, 
But there are moments where brands have done things. Well, the United example is a great one. Or yeah. the Comcast, the famous Comcast oh, okay. phone call where the person is trying to cancel their service and they're not allowed to. These are all featured on our website. If you ever are interested, you could find some of these. We call it, um, you know, an article on brand indifference. So there, these are kind of missteps, if you will. Um, are brands doing worse? If you compare two brands like Apple and Samsung, we think, uh, you know, Apple is doing it much better than Samsung. Is Samsung closing the gap? Absolutely. Is Microsoft closing the gap? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, what I would... What I would counsel brands on depends largely on the challenges that they're facing at any given moment. But look at it. Look at the bonds that they're building. How are they uh, being unique in their methods? Are they forming strong archetypes, which are important kind of the DNA of of intimacy? What stages of intimacy are they in? You know, there's three big stages, sharing, bonding, and fusing. If they have a lot of sharing, how can they convert them into bonding? If they have bonding, how do they convert them into fusing? Uh, this is something that a brand like John Deere, going back to your example, or say the New York Times or Apple, other very strong brands have got this down. They, they know this instinctively and are doing it very well. New companies and companies that also the B2B space are brands that aren't really as sophisticated and are just char- starting to figure this out. Who are some good B2B brands? Think of a brand like GE, mm-hmm. IBM, um, SAP, the tech, the tech side of, of, I mean, one could argue John Deere is a B2B brand, to be honest with you. Yeah, sure it is. Uh, so those are good examples of strong performing B2B brands. What, what, can, what can companies do better? Whether you're a big company or a small company, what can somebody do better yeah, in order question. to get more intimate and, and to get greater value and greater engagement with their customers? When we talk to brands that are both in the study and outside of the study, the first thing we say to them is, are you measuring emotion in your brand? Are you thinking about this in the way that your customers are interacting with you today? So many people are measuring that promoter score, which is largely a satisfaction uh, measure. Some people are measuring awareness or consideration. And what we're urging people is look at emotion and where do you stand? I mean, are you do your customers have an emotional connection to you? Because if they don't, you got to fix that. Yeah, And uh, so that's sort of step one. If you are doing it or if you do feel you have it, how do you make it better? Um, we we have a roadmap and a framework for helping clients get there. It's a multi-stage, multi-faceted program. It depends on you know the level of sophistication and their needs. Uh, it starts with essence. Do they have a strong story? Are they articulating it? It then goes to story. Are they, are they creating a narrative that's engaging and creating a draw? And then ultimately experience, right? We talked about frictionless earlier. They got to be building experiences that are across both digital and non-digital touch points that are coordinated, that's well orchestrated. Um, so in those three areas, there's a multitude of ways that you could be doing better uh, for sure. So let me ask you a question around, I, I, it's kind of interesting for, for a business to tell them to get emotional. Because that's the last thing. It's the last thing most of them want to do. Especially a CFO, right? (laughs) Forget that. I've never seen one. They got no emotion. Hey, so one last question because we're running out of time. But I just just really found this to be really exciting and interesting. There's so much stuff out there. There's so much competition to get noticed. How does a brand rise up to get consideration? How does the brand stand out is what you're asking. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's so many, I got to choose between all these. What's the, 
What's the way for me to get noticed? I think what's part of the intimacy argument is this idea that brands have to start by being authentic, right? So they have to be true. They have to have a unique voice that is true to themselves. And I think that is step one. So before they start shouting, I think, and, and Whole Foods is a great example of that. And even Amazon to an extent, right? This is a brand that never did a lot of advertising. They, they basically grew by performance, but they but were doing, authentic. I'm, I'm doing a happy dance here because everybody always calls me and says, Jeff, how do I do, how do I get an audience as big as yours on the podcast? How do I get to be a speaker as big as you? How do I get this? I, they said, what's the one thing you would do? I said, be good. Right. Yeah. You, if you're fine. good, people come to you exactly. and people start to, and from what your study does, People get emotional about it and they tell somebody, hey, you got to be an idiot if you don't listen to him or you don't do this or you don't do that. That's right. Yeah. Hey, um, Mario, this is awesome. Uh, we'll post it up. We'll tell people about this. I just think what you guys have done there is, is just, just fantastic. What a great read. What a great study. What great lessons that we've got from that. Um, where can I find out more information? You want to give yourself a little plug there? Sure. You can uh, learn more about Brand Intimacy at uh, emblem.com slash Brand Intimacy, or you could just go to emblem.com and you'll find it on the homepage. We also have a book that's coming out in the fall. Oh, fantastic. Well, it, that's going to be a good read. So let's make sure. Might have to have you back on. Talk about the book. That so. would be my pleasure. All right, my friend. Thank you for being here on uh, C-Suite Radio and All Business. Thank you. Hey, I want to thank my friends again at Right Networks. Man, I love that name. Right Networks. That's so cool to have a name like that because these guys are sponsors of the show. Right Networks helps you securely transition your accounting-based desktop systems and applications into the cloud, man. Into the cloud. So regardless of what you're using, it's in the cloud. It's secure. It's there. You know it's there. It works all the time. 24 hours a day, seven days a week in the cloud. So as a partner you can trust, Right Networks takes away the burden of IT so you have more time to focus on your business. And you know what we talk about right here all of the time, business. And they're making it happen. So they help make sure that keeping close track of your finances and operations so much easier. You can work from anytime, anywhere because it's in the cloud. So our support team is there for you around the clock. So to learn more, give Right Networks a call at one 888 4448 extension 1. Again, 888-417-4448 extension 1. Don't forget, right networks in the cloud. Make it happen. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, I like to talk about what I learned, and I learned a lot. I really enjoyed this interview. I enjoy all my interviews, as you know, but this was one of the things where I could really get into, and I was writing a lot of notes. I hope for you were writing a lot of notes, or if you're driving, keep them ready, think about them, but that's what this is all about. I learned it's two-way. That's right. It's, you know, got to give, got to give, you got to take. You can have intimacy and still have scale. Look at what Amazon is doing. I thought that was a great example, and you got to have an emotional connection. So what's your emotional connection with your customers? You know, how do you make them feel? And so when they describe you, think about the words that they would use and um, and start working on that. Because the more emotion you put into it, and I know it's kind of an oxymoron. You think you shouldn't have emotion in business, but man, I think you got to have a lot of it. And so the, we found out that's the one of the best things to do. And then last but not least, you want to have intimacy. You want to have stickiness. You want to have value. Just be good, okay? And you've been good by listening right here to All Business with Jeffrey Hazel on C-Suite Radio. And tell a friend so they can be good too. Thanks.
Welcome to C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.